0: Here we come. Here we come.
1: Welcome
2: back to Orange. You glad we watched the OC Walkman? I hardly know him. <laughs> I'm Sarah. And this is Evan. What up, y'all? And this is the podcast where we talk about every single fucking episode
3: of seminal 2000s television show The OC. Ta da!
2: Yay! We got there. We had to already take a brief pause because I had one drag. <laughs> Of a cigarette last night when I was out, and am fucked up forever.
3: <laughs> um. Good afternoon, Sarah.
2: Good afternoon, Evan. <laughs> How is life treating you? Do you well, have any news to we're report? We're in spoopy season. We're in spoopy season.
3: Should we use the the spoopy opening that I made
2: last year? Maybe for this episode. Get bigger.
3: I don't know if that's going to happen.
2: And spoopier.
3: I don't know. We have yet to actually even make what we said was going to be a new opening song for season two.
2: Our song is very terrible. <laughs> it could be better. The levels are awful. It's fine. It's fine. It's Everything's fine.
3: fine. You know, if anyone uh, wants to contact us and tell Brian. us, Brian, <laughs> make a new song. Brian, do you listen to this? I can't remember if Brian listens to this.
2: He's listened to like one and a half episodes.
3: That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, News? No, I don't think so. The world continues to be awful. Yeah. So let's ignore that. Let's turn turn our blind eye to it for two hours and talk about this stupid fucking show.
2: It's gotten new levels of stupid. It's
3: just, it's bad.
2: But also interesting.
3: Oh, the show. Yes. 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 Should we just dive the fuck into it? Let's. Head first, plug your nose. Because it's a stinker.
2: I don't know what that noise is.
3: Do you have your notes?
2: Um, I do. What, what was the previously on? Previously on the OC. Caleb is indicted. That's right. Marissa has been dating DJ and Ryan catches them in the act of smoochery in the driveway or whatever.
3: Um, summer is like, it's never was about me Cohen. It was always about you.
2: Yes. Marissa got mad at Ryan for leaving town and he was like, but you lied to me about DJ. And she's like, yeah, I didn't know you were if you were going to come back or not it's still a lie
3: did you expect me to wait for you yeah etc etc yeah
2: and again she does have a point but we're already like 20 minutes into this and we're just recapping what happened on the previous episode Well, we're (laughs) only about four minutes in
3: we're looking okay we're doing okay there have certainly been episodes that got away from us quicker than this
2: yes summer is dating zach
3: who is awesome.
2: Who is awesome. And, and we
3: will learn even more about Zach's awesomeness in this episode.
2: Yes. He is awesome in a completely two-dimensional way. <laughs> I would like to point out.
3: Yeah, two-dimensional and completely unbelievable. Correct.
2: Both of these things are correct. Um, uh, and Caleb was arrested.
3: Yay. Yay.
2: Okay, so we open at the pool house ryan has the newspaper open to the front page um i feel like he i feel like caleb got arrested like after the newspapers would have gone to press for the night wasn't it a nighttime arrest
3: we could assume this is a few days later
2: Uh, okay can we i don't know i don't know either but i'm not gonna die on this hill um
3: yeah, this isn't even a hill that's worth like spraining spraining an ankle on. It.
2: <laughs> and Seth is fretting over his haircut.
3: Yep, which he's had for two episodes prior to
2: this. Two full episodes.
3: I'm glad that they finally addressed it, though. I was about to. We did talk a little bit in episode one about his new haircut, though.
2: We kind of talked about everybody's haircut in the abstract. I don't think we focused specifically on Seth's. Yeah,
3: but it's uh it's not as it's not as huge. It's not as floofy
2: but the sideburns are side burning.
3: What do you think about that?
2: I have no opinion. The one thing that I did remark on is he is starting to look like he's growing into his face.
3: Yes. I haven't really been distracted by his torso yet, <laughs> which is also saying something. Yeah. Should we get our coffee and tea? Yes. Okay, we are back with our tea and coffee. <laughs> You need you need caffeine to get through these episodes. It's true. Yeah. Okay. So front page news: Caleb Nickel, Newport's most powerful man, arrested. Arrested it did. It's Ryan who's reading the paper, and it should be noted. We learn later in the episode that apparently reading the newspaper makes you sexy. The more newspapers you read, the sexier you are.
2: Unfortunately, I have a real problem with the smell of newspaper ink, so I'm afraid you are never going to find me sexy.
3: I've got good news for you. What's that? I can't read.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's helpful. You still
3: got to be able to make each other laugh. You know, folks, that's the... Mark of a strong marriage.
2: So the whole point of this scene is it's a very... They do this multiple times throughout this episode. It's cute the first time, and then you're just like, okay, we get it, move on. Seth is very self-involved. And during this episode in this episode alone, he is aware of it for like five minutes. <laughs> and... His principal concern about the photo of his grandfather on the Newport news is that he was cut out of the picture probably because he had a bad haircut and Ryan's like, you're talking about yourself a lot. <laughs> so uh,
3: yeah. I add mean, on. so this is, this is the point being this, uh, this conversation grows, mm-hmm. um, to Ryan is trying to get Seth out of his tiny self-possessed bubble by mm-hmm. saying, dude, your grandfather might go to jail here. Like, yeah. he this, this is a, like a real thing. Yeah. Like, this could potentially have far-reaching repercussions more so than you are actually accepting. And Seth is like, my hair, blah, 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 But then Seth is finally like, oh, my God, you're right. I've only been thinking of me. This is what Summer said. It's always been about me and blah, 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 all about me. So Seth says in this scene, he's going to turn over a new
2: leaf. This is the new Seth Cohen. And it's not in service of getting back together with Summer, unless she wants to. Unless that's what she wants. Unless that's what she wants.
3: And obviously, reader, the the writing uh, and the acting is quite transparent. Obviously, it is just to end, you know, whatever. They're winking and they're elbowing at the audience. Like, of course, it's just to get Summer back.
1: This is a lot
2: of winking from a television series that is only in the third episode of its second season. Yeah. It's so much winking, but also we didn't really have a lot to do back then. (laughs) (laughs) Except like, I don't know, meta analyze the OC. Yeah. Uh, Ryan
3: has some good core, some good quips here. Uh, You know, he's like, don't change on my account. I'm used to it. (laughs) You know, (laughs) So uh, the fun the fun thing about this little interaction is... It's
2: fully just the odd couple. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're odd coupling about, and it's fun. Yeah. It's pretty fun. We
3: don't spend a lot of time... We spend some time on Ryan and Marissa this episode. I was very little. Very though. little, though, yeah. Like yeah. 12% is about Ryan and Marissa this episode. Much more is uh, is focused on, obviously, the... So the teen drama of this episode, there is, there is certainly teen drama, but it's not necessarily, well.
2: Oh, teen drama abounds.
3: Yeah. I was going to say it's not necessarily Ryan and Marissa centric, but I'm going to walk that back immediately because even though, spoiler alert, we are introduced to a dun da dun new character for the first time this season. Two
2: new characters. Two new characters. Bait shot boss. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Mm
3: -hmm. I forgot. So wait, that character is going to be recurring.
1: Okay. Guess you'll have to keep watching to find out.
3: Right. I do suppose also we need to uh, let's be totally inclusive here and intersectional three new characters, the science teacher (laughs) 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 and i at one point when we paused it and i had to go get tea or something i was like well we're never gonna see this character ever again after this episode once he fulfills his role
2: but this episode does pull off a couple of things that we have had recurring complaints about it gives marissa's character the time away from ryan and that plot line gives her a little bit more backstory and depth and continuity
4: mm-hmm.
2: um, other than just being attached to a guy. Yeah. And they are in school. They're in a classroom. Right. They do. They have pens. <laughs> and and notebooks. <laughs>
3: they write with them. And, and various other academic materials. I know
2: nothing about physics, so I can't tell you if any of the stuff that they were talking about... In the studying scene was accurate, but good job. Yeah,
3: good job for them, writers. And we continue to um, uh, for the for the audience. Essentially, the the writers and the show want to establish that Ryan Atwood actually pretty good at school. Um, he's also, not necessarily fast at being good at school, but neither the fuck am I.
2: Per Seth, he is a dork now.
3: I'm fully here for Ryan Atwood. Dork era
2: yes like fully yes
3: uh you could say God gives with both hands uh, that's a little bit of a spoiler
2: wah, wah, uh, wah.
3: spoiler alert <laughs> foreshadowing wah. T
2: K T K. okay so what we have
3: what we establish in this opening scene Caleb go to jail um Seth is trying to be Seth two point where mm-hmm. he is being less selfish and he's going to do nice things. For others. But
2: as Ryan points out, he refers to himself in the third person while he is talking about how much of a better person he's going to be. So it is to be determined whether he actually succeeds at this. He does it.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Opening credits. So then uh, we come back from commercial break
2: and we are... In the car with Caleb and Sandy. Are we in the car with Caleb and Sandy? Yes. Okay. Sandy has sprung Caleb from jail. It is the morning after. It's not a few days later because Caleb was in jail overnight and he's like, that was the worst experience of my life. Wait.
3: Oh, yeah, wait. you're totally right. You're totally can I, right.
2: Can I do a oh, Aussie accent? Please do it. That was the worst experience. <laughs> oh, come on. That, you- was, that was the worst experience of my life.
3: Uh, yes. Good job. <laughs> we are all so proud of you. Thank you. Yeah, you're right. Okay, so... Well, then, I'm just going to assume that Newport... So, the Newport journalism beat is rockin'. They had, like, an embedded... Well, and you know what? So, (laughs) yeah, we had...
2: We, uh... Okay, so we have a little bit of a conspiracy theory here. We'll flesh it out for you later, but uh, just... No, we're absolutely not going to remember it 20 minutes from now. we will, we will, we will. I I promise, I promise, I promise. Okay. Okay, mental asterisk, Zach... Yep. Right? Yep. Okay. Okay.
3: Yes. He's like, that was the worst experience of my life, Sandy. Why'd you make me rot, rot in prison like that? I'm in jail.
2: Um, Sandy um, communicates in this scene that he is trying to get his bosses to sign off on Caleb as a client. This also strikes me as a convenient plot device because... Lawyers take on people who they know are guilty 24 hours, seven days of the week, and they already represented Jimmy previously. So what's their fucking deal now?
3: I, the only, the, uh, normally I would totally agree with you and be like, this, yeah, it's just a convenient plot device to, uh, sow more conflict. However... If you remember, the primary plot point of Sandy going to work for this firm in the first place was the very first case they put him on was the Caleb Nickel case. Oh, yeah. It took me a minute to remember that, too. It's I like, am. No, oh, that's right. They were. The, it was the first thing they made him do was go after his fucking father-in-law. I am in the amazed that you remember that. Hey, you know it's from like fifty-four episodes ago, but <laughs> every now and then. So yeah, it, if we're going to give the writers the benefit of the doubt, they did seem to remember that there might potentially be a conflict of interest in representing Caleb Nickel. Okay, but they don't spell that out. They're no, they certainly like, don't.
2: They're just like. Caleb, bad, <laughs> right? Yeah, no, represent.
3: Yeah, we don't represent guilty people. <laughs> that, but you know, God, that just absolutely goes to the propaganda of all American television, uh-huh. where if you represent, if you lawyer and represent guilty person, you guilty too, you bad person. Like totally ignoring the fact that, like, no, in a fucking, in, in, at least in this fucking justice system, quote unquote. Uh, Lots and lots of fucking air quotes around justice. Um, Everyone needs goddamn representation. You have to be uh, innocent until proven guilty. Chung, Chung. Chung, Chung. Anyway. (laughs) So. What do we establish in this car on the way?
2: Sandy says that he needs to step down from being the CEO of the Newport Group for reasons. And Caleb does not want to. And then we jump. That's all that needs to be established in that scene. And then we jump
3: to. Is now where we we see the the junker? uh Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we're in the parking lot of the school. Mm -hmm. What's the name of the goddamn school again? Uh, High school? High school. Newport High School. Whatever. (laughs) Um, And there is this. I
2: knew this once. I just can't. Clankety
3: clank. Shitty, shitty car. It's
2: a Toyota Corolla hatchback.
3: And they have gone out of their way to make this. Like oh my god, this car is filthy. It has like no windows. <laughs> it's rusted out. It's hilarious, and like they have specifically whoever was the the Foley artist uh, in this episode had a really good time because they've used like literally like Looney Tunes cartoon sound effects of this car. It's yeah. like clank 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 Like there's basically like a cat noise when she parks. It's like.
2: And there's a close-up of the bumper stickers on the back of her car. And there's, like, a peace sign with the American flag juxtaposed behind it. There's a Carrie Edwards sticker. There's uh, a PETA sticker. Uh Uh-huh. But, okay. So, uh, a new young
3: woman is driving this car.
2: Discount Lindsay Lohan.
3: Totally. Yes. Uh, She gets out.
2: I don't know who this actress is, so I'll just assume she was also at January 6th.
3: <laughs> we do not know who this new character is, but it's a shock and surprise. Like, oh my gosh, new character.
2: And she gets out and she does something.
3: She asks some obvious popular girls yep. who are cheerleaders in their cheerleader outfits.
2: It, this, this episode's other uh, running conceit is things that no human being would actually do. (laughs) Especially not a brand new goddamn teenage student who has a chip on her shoulder about not being popular and the water polo team. This will come later. But she goes up to two cheerleader type girls and goes, Hi, I'm new. Is it okay if I park here? And they're like, yeah, if you're not embarrassed.
0: <laughs> <laughs> sick Burn Glashley.
2: It was very sick Burn Glashley. That's
3: <laughs> so, right. Yes, we've established. It, they do a great job yeah. of, in broad, broad <laughs> strokes. We have established new girl, new girl poor, uh, new girl class conflict, new girl liberal. Yes. All of these things have been established.
2: They sure have. Yep. Yeah. And I bet they're going to serve as a positive note to her character.
3: These are the broadest, clumsiest strokes you could possibly do.
2: But again, they only had 40 minutes to convey things about the whole plot. So they had true. to. That's true.
3: Also, we would describe this girl, what? Uh, orange, uh, reddish, reddish blonde hair, mm-hmm. long. Very... Uh, obviously, she's wayfish thin and white. Yep, very um, flat
2: ironed hair. Yep, um,
3: attractive. Yep, right. But um, so they're trying to put per- they're they're conveying strictly through uh, wardrobe choice uh-huh. that she knows what she's about but maybe she's not from here. She
2: is a scholarship girl. Yeah. She is, she is Molly Ringwald in 16 candles Yeah, in the sense that she's gorgeous. Yes. Every uh, heroine of an eighties, nineties, it's, it's also, it's can't hardly wait. She's super hot when she takes off her glasses. Right. Yeah.
3: The things that set her aside from our other female protagonists, um, She's wearing pants. They're not low rise, from what we can see. Because she has a shirt on that goes past her navel.
2: She should be burned at the stake. Yeah.
3: Or at least ostracized socially, Mm -hmm. which is, I'm sure, what's going to happen.
2: Or taped to the flagpole.
3: Wait, (laughs) that's Veronica Mars again. So do we go inside now, right? This is where... All the things happen. Yes, yes. We're because in the we're student at, lounge. Yes, and our boys are getting coffee.
2: And there's uh, again very cute finger quotes dialogue about uh, Ryan is puzzling over what he wants to get, and says like, "You always order a coffee, except this time he orders an iced coffee, which strikes me." As a very strategically influenced move, because if you spill a hot coffee, it was a full, yeah. like, yeah. you could see that there was actual liquid in this. This yeah. wasn't coffee acting 101. So he turns around. Well, OK, okay. Can, we,
3: can I do something before that? Yeah, though? yes. Because they also try and squeeze in some Seth 2.0 oh, yes. banter here, because Seth is like, um, Ryan's like, uh... Are you gonna Are you gonna buy this for me? And Seth's like, No, no, I'm just letting you order first because this is Seth 2.0. I'm being polite. I'm but I'm still others, cheap. But I'm still cheap. Yeah. <laughs> so Riot is taking too long to order, and so Seth jumps in and orders his thing. Mm-hmm. And he's like, What? I am being I'm I'm helping the barista uh, because you know if he doesn't get to uh, work on these things, then you know I'm wasting his time. So that is when Seth gets his coffee and he vacates the premises. Ryan gets his iced coffee
2: and and turns turns around
3: very quickly. Now again.
2: Wait, 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 wait. First, before he turns around with his coffee, we also have established the bait shop and the flyer for the Walkman. Mm -hmm.
3: Oh, that's right. That's why Seth leaves, because he sees the flyer
2: that advertises the Walkman are going to be at the bait shop. Which is a music venue? Um, I'm going to read... Yes, it's a music venue. I'm going to read directly from the source material. Um, There's a convenient plot device flyer for the Walkman playing in the bait shop, which is obviously a very popular concert venue that's been there the whole time. Who said it hasn't been? (laughs) (laughs) You know who loves the Walkman? Summer. She loves them.
3: I love what. So he says. You know,
2: who loves the Walkman. And Ryan goes, "You?" <laughs> <laughs> he goes, "Yes, but also summer." I am mad and old because I also love the Walkman. Um, I have very fond memories of seeing them at a tiny venue in Milwaukee with my sister, and the singer is named Hamilton Leithauser. Oh, is it Leith or Lighthouser I don't know. Doesn't matter. Um,
3: We are very, very old.
2: Yes, we're very old. And I remember my sister and I walking around and calling him Hambone and (laughs) thinking it was hilarious. And we were just essentially awe-stricken that a band would walk around the venue before they played. I think we ran across him playing one of the arcade games at Mad Planet. And... We were 20, so we were awestruck by everything.
3: Anyway. It was easy to be struck by awe back then. Yes. So he sees the flyer. He's like, I'm going to investigate this. Yes. Because he's like, maybe I could get tickets. Not for me, but for...
2: Summer and Zach. Summer and
3: Zach. And obviously Ryan's like, Ryan sees through this immediately. Yeah. But that is why Seth exits. Yes. And then... So here's the thing, and I understand that this conceit is not, it's not the fault of the OC. No. Other various forms of media have done this extremely stupid conceit.
2: I'm also going to jump the gun and say that maybe this scene and episode involves the most times anyone ever said tampons on network television. Yes. Yes.
3: Almost certainly. Yes. It was probably seen as revolutionary at Uh, the time. So anyway. We got abortions. We got tampons. Holy shit. When you are in line at a place that serves beverages. Right. Right. When you're in America the United States of America.
2: Yep. I just recently... More like the divided states of America. Uh, am I right? Uh, um,
3: I recently watched... And I promise this, there's a through line here. I recently watched the movie Coneheads again from the 90s. Right? I love the Coneheads as a film. I think it still really holds up is the other thing. Anyway, deals with a lot of fun issues. Um, chief among them, uh, immigration reform. But anyway... The Coneheads are from the planet Remulac, right? And in the beginning of the film, uh, so they've crash-landed, and uh, they need to interact with some humans to find their way around, et cetera. And Remulacian culture uh, has no real space bubble around, like, you know, your personal space, mm-hmm. right? And um, the comedian Sinbad is is uh, Beldar uh Conehead's boss at one point, right? And he's like, "Beldar, man, you got to you got to give me personal space." And Beldar learns at that point that Americans have a pretty large personal space bubble,
2: right? Unless we're in a pandemic. <laughs> sure, okay, fine. Then it's very about the freedom to sneeze on every other person in the room.
3: But anyway, this the OC is well before pandemic. So I know you're in line yep. to get coffee. Okay. How close do you stand behind the person at the front of the line?
2: At minimum, a few feet away.
3: Yeah. At minimum, a few feet away. You don't stand directly behind them. Then additionally, you're at the front of the line and you've just received your beverage. Mm-hmm. What do you do? Do you spin wildly? 180 degrees as quickly as you can without looking what you're doing? I mean,
2: yes, obviously.
3: (laughs) So, I hate this conceit. I hate
2: it so much. They also could have uh, mapped it out better. Like, it could have been an actual conceit. They could have packed the line. There could have been... A little bit of dialogue. Oh, no, we are going to be late for class, If but I need my Java. Right, some blocking of some kind, yeah. some business of some kind uh-huh. to make it make sense,
3: but it doesn't make sense. And what happens is... New character is standing directly behind one Ryan Atwood. Maybe he smells good. Was she Okay, wait, your explanation is she is standing as close to him as possible to smell him?
2: Hormones. How dare you? Hormones make people... Stop it.
3: (laughs) So Ryan gets his iced coffee, which you said is definitely a decision on the part of the writer so that he doesn't permanently scar this new person.
2: I don't know how close this episode was to the McDonald's lawsuit. I think it was, was the McDonald's lawsuit 80s or 90s? I think it was 80s, but okay. I don't know. Um, I feel like it was 90s, but either
3: way. Yeah. So he spins around and, oh, what happens? Oh, no, he spills his iced coffee all over her top. Oh, no. Oh, no. And he's like, oh, no, I'm so sorry. And she's like, ah, ah,
2: ah. And then he elbows her in the nose when he's trying to help her pick up her many tampons. Yeah, that's
3: the other thing. So he spins. Bins around to try and get her some napkins. Mm-hmm. And upon turning around, because how do you turn around when you're holding napkins? With your elbows akimbo. Yes. As akimbo as possible. Yes. And he just full elbows her in the face.
2: Those fucking elbows are kimberly
3: Yes. <laughs> kimberly elbows. Please welcome to the stage, Kimberly elbows. Kimberly elbows. Um, so yeah, he hits her in the face. And she's like, "Oh my god!" So yeah, all of her things are on the ground. He's like, uh, "Can I help?" And she's like, "No, that's fine. You've, 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 I think you've done enough."
2: I need to get rhinoplasty so I can look like all the other girls in this school. Yes. Is a line that she says, and I'm just like, "Shut the whole fuck up!"
4: <laughs>
2: this character is already insufferable. Yes. It's fine. It's fine. There's a long list of insufferable characters that she is on the roster of now. (laughs)
3: Yeah, it's a whole rogues gallery of fucking insufferable characters in this goddamn show. Uh Uh-huh. So, oh no, they've gotten off on the wrong foot and they already hate each other. I can't remember where she, Ryan leaves in a huff because she's like,
0: blah, 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 water polo team, blah.
3: She mentions multiple times that he must be the captain of the water polo team.
2: Because he's hot. Because we know that she thinks he's hot. Because of something she says
3: later. God doesn't give with both hands. That's what she says That's what later. She says later. It's literally what she says. Okay, so this character has been fully introduced, and we already know that they don't get along. Yes.
2: So that's the end of this scene. Ryan leaves before he can do any more permanent damage. <laughs>
3: before like setting her on fire accidentally. Yeah.
2: Unnamed character is very angry. Um, which doesn't fully make... I'm thinking about it too much. But it's an unfortunate accident. It's a series of unfortunate accidents. But I wouldn't... like. I'm not sure if in that position I would hate this person forever. I would just be like, oh... That's awkward. She does say something like, Well, yeah,
3: this is a great way for me to start my first day here. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yep. Very natural dialogue. If she's as poor as we are led to
3: believe, why is she in line for a coffee? <laughs> it's like when those poor have telephones.
2: She should have saved that coffee to get a house. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now we're back at the Cohen Stronghold. And Kirsten and Sandy and Caleb are all in the same room. And Kirsten and Sandy are still trying to push Caleb to step down. And Julie comes into the scene wearing the strangest statement necklace that I've maybe ever seen in my life. It's like, how would we describe this necklace? It's a bunch of, like...
3: I was too obsessed with her outfit to really pay too much attention to the curiosity of the statement (laughs) necklace because she is wearing, it looks like, okay, so it's, it's akin to like a sailor uniform. (laughs) It's sort of like sexy sailor uniform, right? It's Navy with white ribbing is what's that part called? The piping piping. Yeah. Um
2: we're just gonna say that this is spooky season representation because I don't (laughs) think they really have Halloween episodes. She looks
3: incredible.
2: Yes. Like incredible. We are team Julie Cooper Forever.
3: Yeah. She looks amazing. And she yeah, she toddles in and she's like, oh honey, I
2: (laughs) I came from my seaweed rap as soon as I heard.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and Sandy's like, oh, it brings a tear to your eye.
2: Um, she looks incredible She does uh, Julie offers her assistance In anything that Caleb needs And he's like Well everyone else has stuff taken care of Why don't you go get me some pumpkin muffins <laughs> That is what he says <laughs>
3: Before he go Thanks Juju And kisses her on the cheek And I love We hold on her expression
2: Our drag band Wherein both of us dress in drag and are in a band, in case you didn't know what that was, is named Kiki and Juju.
3: I love it. Yes. I love it. (laughs) Could it just, I feel like the band, I feel like to make, oh no, I guess because there's like Bella and Sebastian. Yeah. Yeah, so Kiki and Juju. Kiki and Juju. That makes sense.
2: I'm Kiki, you're Juju. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Well, I don't know. I think you're more of a bad bitch than I am. I feel like more of a Kiki.
2: The juju is aspirational
3: <laughs>
4: for
2: you. Okay. I would like to bring out your inner juju. All right. We'll get you some statement necklaces. I need desperately need some statement necklaces. As in any, because you
3: have zero. Yes, correct. <laughs> okay. So we have established Julie feels slighted. And everyone is trying to get Caleb to step down as CEO of the Newport
2: group. And Julie communicates her slightedness in the most fantastic way. It's just the most side eye that has ever side eyed. I love it. Yeah. I've, I hope this actress had fun with this role. It seems like she did. What's her name again? Don't remember. Don't care.
3: Yeah, but she's the best. She's the best. She she eats the furniture goddamn alive <laughs> in every fucking scene that she's in.
2: Okay. So now we're back at school and we're doing that thing where the characters' journeys are paralleling each other because this is a conversation between Marissa and Summer. Yes! About how... Well, they're talking about Zach and how he's met Summer's dad, and how he's like, "What is he No,
3: he's, he's he. Summer, it okay. doesn't know if she's going to introduce yes. Zach to her dad.
2: Yes, but her dad loves that he's like the son of a politician or yeah, inter- he's interning. the son of a politician. Okay, yeah, okay, that explains his teeth.
1: He explains poli- a lot
2: about his whole vibe. He has politician teeth, specifically. <laughs> he has, like, kiss the babies and, like, I don't know, smile at George Santos' teeth. <laughs> <laughs> Incidentally, I'm pretty sure we saw someone dressed as George Santos last night. Side note. Oh, good to know. Yeah.
3: At the uh, Halloween dance. Yes, Halloween. For, uh, for reference.
2: Halloween! We
3: are in spoopy season. We are. We still don't know if I'm going to use the thing I made last year or not. You'll know, because if I did use it, then you heard it at the beginning of this episode. <laughs> And if I didn't, then you didn't. Yes, this is the quality content.
2: It's a quality content that all five of our listeners come back for. Uh,
3: Once again, bienvenue, uh, our friends from Belgium,
2: Belgique. So um, they are
3: talking about Zach, Um, and Zach is pretty fucking great. Uh, They're talking about uh, oh yeah, so would hit it. Oh yes, would hit. Obviously, yeah. Um, Cause they're looking at Zach and yeah. they see him hanging out with his friends and Marissa's like, wow, so he's pretty fucking awesome. Like he's tall, he's handsome. Uh, when they
2: and- track him into this scene, he was leaning against the wall or locker in such a way that I thought he was like flirting with Summer. It's such a like, hey baby, lean, <laughs> you know, it's a Jordan Catalano lean. Oh, which, yeah, wow. Okay. Yeah. 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 Maybe we'll do My Soul Called Life after this show.
3: Is that a Jordan Catalano? Yeah. Oh, wait. So who am I thinking? Oh, I'm thinking of Veronica Mars. Yeah. What's that character? It's also a Jordan, isn't it? Logan. Logan. Not Logan Roy. <laughs> That's a very different <laughs> Logan. <laughs> Logan Eccleston.
2: Logan Eccles. Eccles. Logan Scientologist. Oh, is he a Scientologist?
3: Yeah. God fucking damn it. Listen Well what's her name is a landlord so
2: Tom York is a Zionist Everyone is disappointing (laughs) Kill your heroes Kill. Don't have heroes Anyway back into this fucking episode
3: (laughs) Which manages to be so aggravating And it's just episode fucking three of season two Uh huh Um, Okay Um, Marissa's like wow Zach is pretty great And Summer's like blah 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 Yeah I guess he's great And she's still on the fence as to whether or not she's going to incorporate him into her life.
2: Marissa points out that her dad seems more excited about her dating Zach than she is and goes, (laughs) is this perhaps because you still have feelings for one Seth Cohen?
1: And she's like, no! I never would! I never! I hate him! He can go jump off a cliff. He can get run over by several possums driving an SUV in the street.
3: I really wish we had written this show. I, yeah. We would have come up with a better excuse for pouring coffee on what's her name. We would come up with better dialogue. Okay, maybe our second podcast is an episode by episode recreation of this show <laughs> with better dialogue that
2: sounds exhausting <laughs> with puppets maybe uh, no. <laughs> this isn't
1: famously podcast or audio medium or
3: we pl- this is where we are we pivot into video no that's how we do it God or we do costumes where we play all the characters and
2: it's just a series of wigs no wonderful no it's flawless no. It sounds like so much more work than this one is and you are already complaining we would have to buy a ball python and put a wig on it to play that <laughs> oh a little ball python with a little
3: little brown wig on a little bob ross wig <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> little polo shirts or t-shirts that say all the stupid shit we'd have to i'd have to make all of his stupid shirts but for python <laughs>
2: This just keeps getting better Listeners, if you would like to underwrite this experience Get into our DMs It will be very expensive O-Y-G-W-W-T-O-C dot tumblr <laughs> This is also the episode where we do learn that Zach reads five newspapers a day.
3: Yes, so he comes into the frame and he's like, "Hey, everybody, can mind if I hang out?" And they're like,
2: "Yeah, you should see this,
0: me, yeah." (laughs) Um,
3: And he says, "Oh, Marissa, I'm really sorry to hear about your grandfather. Yep, Um, that you know that whatever." uh and they were like you read the paper and he's like well you know the newport times the new york times the
0: Uh,
2: la times la times and wall street Street journal Journal." (laughs) which is now owned by jeff bezos so fucking boo it wasn't at the time but also whatever journalism has
3: been dying for its entire fucking journalism
2: dies in darkness evan hey that's true and it's a dark (laughs) fucking time that's also the Washington Post tagline, like the only thing that they need to do in this oh fuck scene... no, hang on. The Washington Post is owned by Jeff Bezos, not the Wall Street Journal. Well, there you go. Continue. <laughs> it doesn't fucking matter. Nothing um, does. Keep going.
3: So the only thing that they could really do to make like Zach just even fucking better because he's just perfect. They just a, this entire scene is to establish that Zach is fucking perfect. The only thing that they could do is when he stands up, if they could just, like, accidentally zoom in on just, like, the slangin' hog that's, like, just gingerly stuffed down his left pant leg and it ends right before his knee. Real John Hamm, <laughs> <laughs>
2: right?
3: That's, like, and then, like, just a saucy close-up on his tight, tight butt when he's mm-hmm. walking away in those khakis. Like, that's the only things that they could do to make him truly perfect in this fucking scene.
2: Again, I'm sure there are teenagers who read or read five newspapers a day, but I don't know any of them.
3: I guess I'm going to give the writers some grace because he is the son of a politician. Mm-hmm. So he's most likely being groomed to follow in the footsteps as a politician. And yes. if you want to do that kind of thing, not only are you, it would it be best for you to keep yourself squeaky fucking clean. But also to make sure that you're pretty well read with with regards to current affairs.
2: Or he reads five newspapers a day to keep abreast on his actual CAA assignments.
3: Yeah, because he's also, as you put it, he's giving pretty 21 Jump Street vibes. Yeah, he is taller. He's giving at least 10 years
2: older than everyone in the cast.
3: (laughs) And then we need to get into his fucking emotional age and his Uh emotional wisdom Uh which we'll get to that scene yes uh but for now
2: we need to know that actual canon is he is cia (laughs) and he is going after caleb nichols
3: yep so he has been embedded in this school to get whatever information he can from these chatty gossipy fucking teens
2: (laughs) so we set up while they're all talking, that he's finally going to bite the bullet, as it were, because the CIA murders everyone. <laughs> he's gonna bite the cyanide capsule. bite the cyanide capsule and have dinner with Summer's dad yeah. at the
3: club. At the club. The club. And Summer was hesitant because she was like, "Coop, you know, with the last time I would blah." And Coop was very rightly like, "Yeah, but that was Seth, and Seth sucks." and we were like yes that is why it went poorly because it was seth and seth sucks he really sucks
2: and now we're in what are we in evan i don't remember what happens next an actual classroom
3: Oh my God! Yes, right. Shit, we're there. We're there. We're in an actual. We're not in the fucking pool hall. We're not in the fucking bowling alley of the school. <laughs> we're
2: not in the school's dark court or the squash lab. We're not in the, the fucking spa. <laughs> We're not in the capybara snow monkey enclosure. (laughs) (laughs) All the other fucking shit this school has that isn't a fucking classroom. We're not in the sound therapy chamber. (laughs) Ah, We're not in the past
3: life regression cocoon. (laughs) Ah,
2: The unbirthing womb. And we use... The conceit, the young adult version... Only one bed? Yes. (laughs) The young adult version of my favorite conceit, two people, oops, one bed. Mm -hmm. Um... The uh, discount Lindsay Lohan comes in. Oh, no, she's already sitting. She's been
3: seated. Yeah, she's
2: been seated. Ryan comes in, and there's no place in the classroom to sit. There's only one seat, and it's beside the Lindsay Lohan. Ah. Yeah. Oh no! Oh. So he sits down next to her, and what does he do? He knocks her in the head with his messenger bag. Yeah,
3: yeah. First he so like, they built up Ryan to be an utter klutz in this episode yeah because so yeah he walks up and he's like i'm it's the and she's like oh my god are you kidding me (laughs) yeah sure enough so as he's trying to sneak behind her first he clocks the guy behind him with his messenger bag and the guy's like dude what the and then as he turns around then he clocks Lindsay lohan with the messenger bag yes he really truly is just tripping his way around the school today Yes. Maybe it's hormones Maybe he's growing That's going to be my in-universe explanation Is He's just going through a growth spurt
2: Okay, so the teacher's name is Mr. Greenberg Nice And he's like, hey kids, we're going to have lab partners this year so, And he starts reading off some names of people who are paired together And guess what? Discount Lindsay Lohan is That's actually Guys, you're not going
3: to guess You're not even going to fucking guess what happens, you guys It's impossible to guess
2: We'll give you a minute Okay, do you give up? <laughs> Ryan and discount Lindsay Lohan, whose character's name is actually Lindsay, which is kind of fucking hilarious, are paired together. What? What's her last name? Don't don't know. Greenwood Lindsay 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 Greenberg Lindsay Lindsay No
3: Greenberg is the teacher. Does your source say no? Oh,
2: her name is Lindsay Lindsay.
3: It is Lindsay though, for real.
2: Yes. Oh snap. Yes.
3: It's like they knew what they were doing. It's true. You guys, oh, oh. my god, you'll never believe it. They're paired together. I'm
2: I fully lied. It's Lindsay Gardner.
3: Lindsay Gardner. Yes. There we go.
2: Okay. So they're partners. Guys, they're lab partners. They're not happy about it. They are not happy about it. Okay, enough of this school nonsense. We're going to go to the pier. But it was
3: funny. Just one last thing.
2: Sorry. When he was like, uh, Lindsay Gardner, you're paired with uh,
3: Ryan Atwood. So then Ryan and Lindsay are both looking around like, where is that person? And yes. then they like, they class eyes on each other. And she's like, uh, uh, Ryan Atwood. And he's like, Lindsay Gardner.
2: Uh-huh. Wah, wah. Oh, how the turns have tabled.
3: <laughs> oh, how the times have tabled. Oh, how the times, times have tables. T- I don't yeah. know. I was trying to make a science thing, but that was a math thing.
2: Oh, how the Pythagorean theorem has theoremed.
3: Oh, how the cyborgium has <laughs> atomic weighted. Is that a physics thing? No, it's a chemistry thing.
2: Are they in physics class? They're in physics. Fuck. Oh, oh physics. how the E has MC squared. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Excellent. Yes. Very yes. good. We have locked in all the no spirits that are listening. <laughs> they are locked in for the ride for the rest of this fucking show.
2: Okay. So now we get a classic Ryan and Seth pairing. Ryan is on his bike and Seth is skateboarding. They're on the boardwalk. The boardwalk heading to the bait shop, which again, definitely existed. Yep. This entire time in Canada.
3: This canon. whole time. Yep. It has been a popular venue for all the teens to
2: attend. Yes. I still maintain that the lighthouse is actually the bait shop.
3: You think it's th- the same venue?
2: Yeah. They just transferred it over. I don't know. I don't know. I like having pointless theories. That's fine. Yes. You get you get to do you. I I get to do me and you get to do you.
3: I don't remember what they're talking about on this stupid little interlude.
2: It's probably either Summer or Marissa because that's or Seth that yeah, could it's probably be just talking. Seth, with, yeah. yeah. Yep. Ryan is a very patient golden retriever.
4: <laughs>
2: I I deeply enjoy that he has accepted that this is just what seth is like a complete narcissist and he's like yeah we can hang
3: okay so i'm not pushing back you are correct i'm just trying to figure out what his actual dog fursona is because luke is way more golden retriever because golden retrievers are not big in the brains department but they're fiercely loyal yes and full of love yes um and they will slobber on your face at any given moment Ryan is Ryan is absolutely a dog. Like his yeah. persona is 100% a
2: dog, but I'm trying to figure out what his actual breed is. This could be because border collies have been top of mind, but pitbull border collie? No, pitbulls are way more gentle yeah. than the stereotype. bulls do is. not
3: actually Pitbulls are not really the dog that goes to punch right away. Doberman? Boxer?
2: Boxer and border collie?
3: Boxer, a boxer border collie mix. Yes. Boxer collie. Boxer collie.
2: Okay. Draw this for the tumbler. Does he? Does he shed? Oh, he blows coat.
3: <laughs>
2: okay, so he has no poodle in there. Okay, good to know. <laughs> he blows coat. That's
1: the what it. That's what the technical term is for shedding. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay.
1: Oh my god,
3: this is the important quanta. This is the important content here. So is the next scene in the fish bait shop? The fish bait shop. Proper? Yes. Okay.
2: Um, Because as we all know, the way that you buy tickets to a concert... In the 2000s. In the 2000s, is you walk into the middle of an empty venue (laughs) where a 17-year-old is balancing the books for some reason. (laughs) And they're like, like, hey, do you have tickets to this show?
3: Yeah. Oh, guys. Oh my god. The extent to which this show does not understand things... The list grows and grows. So we know that it doesn't understand prison.
2: To me, it is increasingly less that they don't understand and more that they don't care.
3: Wow, you almost made me spit that up. (laughs) No, you're right. You're right. Yes. No, you're. Yes. It's a fucking melodrama. So they just need to crowbar whatever they need. Just just crank things into position so that it can work for the plot.
2: They need to get the hot dog in the hallway.
3: Just get it in there. It doesn't matter what fucking size and shape the, the hole and the peg is. That peg is going in that hole. It doesn't fucking matter. Just hammer it in there. Truly. Because they go into the venue. Uh, They're looking around It's totally empty Save for one person And I love this Because you only see the back of this person They're obviously a young woman Uh huh And you were like Evan you're never going to fucking believe who this is (laughs) Could you believe it? Well when I saw them I was like oh shit I didn't know that this is really where they got their start Because my introduction to Spoiler alert Olivia Wilde Was House Me and my brother and sister used to watch House When we would be babysitting my nephew uh, and we watched almost the entirety of it during my nephew's youth, and I'd be curious to know if he remembers any of that. Probably not.
0: He
3: mm. um, has face blindness, uh, so I don't know. <laughs> and also not a great memory to begin with. Anyway, <laughs> it is a young Olivia water.
2: he walks with a cane and has a lot of medical opinions. <laughs> of a
3: diagnostician my uh, my nephew
2: <laughs> but anyway it's Olivia Wilde with extremely unfortunate hair what have they done it is so unfortunate what have they done to my my baby boy <laughs> they're trying to establish her as alternative yeah but they swing into rockabilly cosplay I love
3: that because at one point uh later in the episode, um, Summer asks what are you doing What? Why did that tattooed girl And reader I need you to know She has an tattoo And it is the most Fucking my little pony ass Fucking tattoo it is of a pretty Little butterfly uh-huh. on her right Arm uh-huh. that is it When uh-huh. we were saying this tattooed Girl we're not talking about Lydia oh Lydia the encyclopedia Lydia the tattooed lady We're talking about you have the word love tattooed next to a dolphin on your ankle so you could wear high tops and your mom won't yell at you. There is nary a full sleeve to be found.
4: <laughs>
3: yeah. And this fucking rockabilly. So, okay. This hair doesn't know whether it's coming or going. The <laughs> hair has, it is, it is a, it is a, it is a high,
2: long pony. Mm-hmm. It's an alopecia ponytail. Is it- yeah, sure. <laughs> oh my God. my God, I love it. But traction alopecia. Yeah. Later popularized by one Ariana Grande. Yes.
3: So uh, uh, a tall high pony. Um,
2: one with little sad streak of purple. Right to the saddest little streak of purple
3: in these bizarre pompadour... What would you even call it's like
2: a big curl poof. one big poof in the yeah. front yeah guys it is so confusing poof in the front party in the back yeah right <laughs> what are we doing here
3: <laughs> and she's got uh, the very the very subtle cat eye that they would put Olivia Wilde in for the rest of her career oh my god they've been putting Olivia Wilde in this eye in everything I've seen her in
2: I wonder no I that's a no I think I got her confused with Olivia Munn for a second. Did she get
3: this tattooed on? Is that why her eye always
2: looks like this? Unclear. Listeners, again, get into her.
3: So it is Olivia Wilde. She's a baby. She's
2: a baby. She's sitting at a counter with the world's largest pair of (laughs) headphones on. And Seth decides in a, I I feel a classic bit of Seth that... The best way to approach a woman wearing headphones- When her back is to you. When her back is to you, is to walk up and touch her on her back.
3: You know what else you could have done, Seth? You could have walked (laughs) in front of her- where her eyes could where see her you.
1: eyes can see you that would be maybe or gone to the box office <laughs> yes or
3: better yet <laughs> go to the fucking box
0: office where you buy tickets
1: jesus
2: christ but instead he taps her on the back like a murderer <laughs> And, killer. She, and she cravmagaz him <laughs> just instantly, and we all feel a little bit of satisfaction. Yes, yes, just a little bit of catharsis on Ooh. behalf of everybody in the
3: in the audience. Yes, that just wants I truly want Olivia Wilde to break his arm. <laughs> Just to snap it in two places <laughs> and have him be in a cast for the rest of this season, just, I would love that. Just punch him in the solar plexus. <laughs> right? He just collapses dry heaving. Yes. I would love that. Yep, that would have been fucking great.
2: Sadly, that does not happen and he somehow uh, wiggles himself into getting a job.
3: Okay, no, uh, no, 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 no. You, no, cannot, no, no. you cannot speed past this. Oh, I'm so yeah. sorry. As someone who recently Filled out a job application I want to say Again And we said it already Square peg round hole Yep This show will do What it needs to do To fulfill the plot And just keep things Moving ahead Get her done But this is what Fucking happens Mm -hmm. So he has Snuck up on her She has hurt him Physically He's like She's like What the fuck Are you doing here He's like Are there tickets For the show She says It is sold out He's like Bummer Ryan Looks like Ryan's face and body posture and everything Like oh that sucks let's leave no no, no 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 of course not Ryan No no you're in it for the long haul Ryan You've made your bed in the pool house Now you sleep in it <laughs> um, People that are setting up the stage Are like hey uh, We're all good here we're done and she's like Ah you guys did a great job here's your Complimentary tickets I threw in a few Extra for you Seth says How come that guy gets tickets None she of says, this because- is
1: how anything works Nothing works that- This way? What is this in house equipment that they are setting up? What is this? For the Walkman. For
2: the Walkman. Walkman does
3: not use backline, everybody. Walkman has their own fucking shit because they are a touring band. Oh my God. Okay, so it continues. Uh, uh, Seth is like, how come they get tickets? She says, because they work here. And Seth sees a largely plastered poster on the wall that says, help wanted. And he says, well, now I work here. And she's like, the fuck you do? (laughs) Um, uh, She's like, you know, what experience do you have? Blah, blah. And he's like, I want tickets. That's my (laughs) whole reason for wanting to work here. And
2: she's like, well, my boss... I can't remember the name of the boss that she it's named. To say Vinny. But I feel no. I feel like it's. Yes, I think this is a direct allusion to the Peach Pit from Nine Hundred Two One Zero because I think her boss is named Nat. Okay. And she's like, Nat's not here. But I guess I can hire you. Yeah. Okay.
3: So, reader, this is not how jobs work. No. This schmuck has wandered in, (laughs) stranger, off the street, touched you. Only, has explicitly said, only want job for tickets. <laughs> and she's like, yup, get, oh, mop nearby? Throw mop to utter stranger? Don't know how old you are. Don't know if you're legally allowed to work in the United States. Are you a refugee? Don't know anything about, don't know your fucking name. <laughs> Literally nothing yuck guess i the 17 year old hire you on the spot take this mop and go clean the urinals
2: we can kind of consolidate one of these scenes because we again have been talking forever we do learn later that olivia wilde is canonically 17 in this which how did she get a tattoo when she's not of age but that's neither here nor there doesn't matter um She dropped out of school. She went to three Newport area schools and left home because her mom was like, get a fucking job if you're not going to go to school, which is how parenting also works. In this
3: fucking show, sure.
2: Yes. Why the fuck not? So she's the hiring manager and she gives him a mop, and he's like, Cool, I'm gonna go. This is this genuinely made me laugh. This like, is a I'm, funny, yeah, the way the shot works. He's like, I'm gonna go clean some urinals, and he pushes the mop and the bucket out of frame, and then he comes back into the frame, and he's like, I don't know where the urinals are. <laughs>
3: oh, this fucking show. <laughs> Do you know how many questions I had to answer? So I recently applied for a job Um, I don't know if I'll hear back or not It doesn't matter because I'm 42 Um, (laughs) Do you know how much shit I had to fucking answer To do like The dumbest menial Labor fucking hit print On a printer fucking job A lot of shit They needed fucking They needed three references They needed my last four jobs that I worked for Where they are Their contact information The kind of work that I did The name of all of my managers from those jobs. They needed things like, oh, I don't know, my fucking phone number and address so they know that I have a place of residence. Like all these simple things that this bitch does not do her due diligence of or even attempt to
2: do. Anyway. Nope. You should have gotten a job in the 2003s. <laughs>
3: you're right. Yeah, you should. You know what I should have done is just walk up to a place, assault somebody. Assault a woman. And then assault a woman and then say, give me a job because I want perks. <laughs> and then they say, great. Guess you're hired. <laughs> if you, She says something like, if you're here again tomorrow, we'll see.
2: <laughs>
3: Jesus fucking Christ.
2: Yep. So now we are back at Cohen kitchen central and Sandy is doing work at the table with one Ryan at wood and Sandy remarks on, look at you studying at the kitchen table. And like, it's been well established that Ryan is smart and gets good grades. Yeah. Right. So, so, where his, has is he just been doing the studying in the pool house? What is the point of this exchange? The
3: point of this exchange is then Seth says, "Yeah, and your and your bookish son is the one that's working a blue collar job." <laughs> fuck yourself, Seth. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. <laughs> you piece of shit.
2: You fucking what's his? What's the frog in Warner Brothers? It's like Samuel J. Frog or yeah. something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy I think with you the got that. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Fuck. Can't remember his name. <laughs> Why are you breaking this character up? Because it's it's very... His presentation is very vaudevillian.
3: It's sure. Very, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah, because that's right. Yeah, Seth wanders in and he's like, Oh, my back. I've yeah. never done a day of physical labor in my life.
2: Yes. <sighs> um okay
3: Kirsten comes in Kirsten
2: comes in and now they start talking about Caleb and how definitely they won't lose their house or any of their money or standing if Caleb goes to prison for sure wink wink
3: yes and this is the only reason that Seth displays any concern for this yeah because he's just talking about himself again yep and Kirsten comes in and is like um, oh, honey, don't worry about your grandfather. And he's like, oh, yes, that's I, was, that's I was definitely worried about my grandfather. Definitely. Yes. That's why I could not sleep. Yes. Um, and yeah, then the only reason that he and Ryan actually give a shit is when they say, yeah, we, we, we wouldn't lose the house. Yeah. And the way that Sandy's eyebrows take up little microphones and go, oh, we could definitely lose the house. <laughs>
2: Um, so now we flip over to the Julie Cooper house. It's the Julie Cooper house. It's is not- it the
3: house or is it the boat? It's the house. Is the house. Yeah Okay We go to the boat later
2: Yeah Julia's having Yeah Because Marissa is like Getting ready in her room Or something Yeah Yeah And Julie's like We definitely won't lose the house If Caleb goes to jail And Marissa's like I
1: hope he does go to jail So then I can move back in with dad she And you can lose She says you, because you would be custody. Out on the street Yes
3: She literally says to her mother who's giving her room and board. Yes. I hope Caleb goes to jail because then you'll be out on the street and I can live with dad. Extremely
2: telenovela behavior. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. <laughs> like, and again,
3: okay. I understand. I understand you where this character is coming from. Blah, blah, blah. Consistency, blah, blah. I do want Julie to slap Marissa at some point. I, I know like child abuse, etc. but like it's a telenovela. It's not real life. These no. are not real characters. These are not real people. I can desire... I can desire Marissa to get some shred of discomfort in her ch- in her just coddled cushy life. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. That's just me. That's just me with my own little chip on my shoulder.
2: Yeah. It's fine. She but if we're going to go into those weeds, Julie makes a real point of concealing her past. And the struggle that it took to get to where she is from her daughter. Yeah. So she has no base knowledge of that. That's Do you true. know what I mean?
3: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're wrong.
2: This has been Weeds.
3: Oh, <laughs> no, we're covered in ticks. <laughs>
2: oh, <no! laughs> okay, so now we're back in the physics classroom with yeah. Mr. Greenberg. And Lindsay, discount Lindsay Lohan. <laughs> has already turned in the lab report that she was supposed to collaborate on with Ryan because she thinks she still thinks that Ryan is the captain of the polo team the water polo team um somehow i feel like she thinks it's water horse polo team i feel like she thinks there are horses involved in I'd water watch polo I that
3: I would. How many? If you put enough floaties on horses, they would probably be fine, right? Or
2: if you just did like the the um... oh, like inflatable horsies? No the the fucking
3: the water you can breathe in. No, from the abyss. I'm trying
2: to think of the specific band. Uh, Give me one second. The
3: Decemberists. Pause. Okay, we'll be back, everybody.
2: The Flaming Lips. They had those big, round, inflatable oh, balls you just yeah. stick a horse inside stick the ball.
3: Stick inside of that. Yes. It would break all of its legs so quickly. And that is just 14 giant inflatable balls with crippled horses in them that you're going to have to shoot in the head. It's reinforced oh balls. God. No, the ball isn't the important thing. You've seen horses, right? They could break a leg looking at something wrong. Then you put a human in there, too, on top of these fucking or- No, no, no. Okay, the human is on the outside of the ball. Yes. Running on it like a yes. fucking lumberjack yes a log going down a river. Yes. This can't go wrong. <laughs> Flawless. It's a perfect idea. Oh, my God. Love it. Jesus Christ.
2: Okay, so she thinks he's a water polo person, and she has assumed that he's dumb. Yes. And she's like, don't worry. We got an A, and you'll get into Yale
3: and you'll be fine because then you can live in your dad's um infinity pool
2: yes and this is when she says god doesn't give with both hands
3: and it's important because ryan says explicitly i'm not dumb yeah and it's funny because uh he goes up to mr greenberg uh, and, he's and he like, narcs. Yeah. He's like, Mr. Greenberg, uh, I'm not done with that report yet. And he's like, what do you mean? It looks great. You did a great job. This is A-plus material. You're going to go to Harvard and Yale or anything that you want. It's You're going to go to
2: Harvard and Yale at the same time.
3: You're going to go to Yarvard <laughs> or Yale or whatever. Hell, you'll go to Brown. I don't know. <laughs> um, and... Uh, Ryan's Girl, like... <laughs> <laughs> Ryan's,
1: Ryan's like, no,
2: you don't understand. I didn't contribute anything. Is to- this true, Lindsay? Is yes. this true? And she's looking very guilty and pissed back at the lab table. And he's like, well, guess what? You just wrote yourself into an extra assignment that you have to work together on on a saturday. You have to do
3: it on a and if you don't and you're going to succeed together or you'll fail, fail together. together. And so Ryan comes back and sits down sheepishly at the table and lets Oh, he, he does goes,
2: he does also say maybe we could just switch lab partners.
3: Yeah, and he's like no in fact you have to get married now that's legal and I'm a science professor so I can do it l'chaim and he pulls out the glass with the thing and Ryan stomps on it and then they do a the, the chair dance the chair dance <laughs> so anyway Ryan sheepishly sits down next to Lindsay and she goes oh yeah you're not dumb at all <laughs> and then Ryan goes he farts that's the only time anyone farts on camera in this entire show
2: That does not happen It's very comedically timed So now I'm gonna just You know Let you go with that I'm fine No I'm good You thought I'd go on a riff But I'm Um, fine I'm actually okay Thank you Thank you for not having An extended (laughs) fart riff On this here Our wholesome Our wholesome (laughs) podcast (laughs) 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 Okay so now we're back At the (laughs) band
3: You're so easy God damn it (laughs) Okay. I
2: won't do it again. Now we're back at the bait shop and Alex, we've established that her name is Alex. Okay. Her name is Alex. Yes. So it's not Olivia Wilde. We will be interchanging Olivia Wilde (laughs) and Alex Alex because. And discount Lindsay Lohan. Discount Lindsay Lohan. Um, Olivia Wilde is struggling (laughs) to get... (laughs) We've established her name is Alex. So Olivia Wilde
3: (laughs) is trying to pick up these glasses. She's
2: trying to pick up a crate full of glasses. And Seth is sitting at the bar counter, just completely oblivious. And she's like, motherfucker, a little help here.
3: Can I just also say, okay, so...
2: This has got to be intentional physical comedy, this scene.
3: Because, okay, like, before even the nonsense that Seth partakes in, which yep. is utter nonsense.
2: Such nonsense.
3: Olivia Wilde is crouching and very awkwardly, and she is she is holding up this crate of glasses. Yep. Right? About a foot off of the ground. Now, here's the thing. If something is too heavy for you, you might hurt your put it down. Oh, put it down. You might put it the fuck down. She spends a very long amount of time waiting for Seth to get his head out of his ass and come down and help her, and she is levitating it off the ground this entire time.: Yep, it is A not too heavy for her, and it is B, the stupidest choice that any director could make to tell Olivia Wilde. You, know, you just keep holding it. Yep. You just keep you just keep holding it. Yep. Until Seth gets off of his little perch. And what does he do, Sarah?
2: He kind of used car uh, inflatable toys his way <laughs> around this crate. He kind of what, he sticks his head under it at one point?
3: He basically, yeah, it's <laughs> like he's a fucking pallbearer. He gets his <laughs> shoulder under it. <laughs> It is just ridiculous. The extent to which he doesn't know how anything works. No one is lifting.
2: Including lif- his body. <laughs> no one is lifting with their legs. No. It's just terrible. Um. Oh, yeah. She says, Seth, I think I'm getting a hernia. Can you help me <laughs> with right. this? And he's sitting at the table and he's like, I had a hernia once when I was a kid. I had surgery for it. <laughs>
3: This fucking show. This, fucking this goddamn show. fucking show. So yeah, he does the worst job ever helping her get these glasses up onto the counter where they start wiping them out and she says something like, "Wow, you really don't know how anything works, do you?"
2: <laughs> um He's only just barely useful enough to get the glasses to the bar. So Alex is like, why the fuck did you want this job? And this is where we learn two things. We learn her living situation and we learn that Seth will run his mouth to literally anyone in the (laughs) whole world who will listen. And it's like, tells her the whole story of Summer and how he wants to win her back with these tickets to a band that she Uh, allegedly likes
3: right moderately
2: moderately whatever um and Olivia Wilde makes the she's like correct
3: observation she's
2: like but she does it in a hilarious unintentionally
1: hilarious way because she's like as a girl (laughs) I can tell you she will see right through this as a universally standard girl yes because all of us are the same. Yes.
0: She's going to see
1: right through this. As a person with very high hair.
3: <laughs> Ooh, Summer did have very high hair in the episode last season where she was
2: Wonder Woman. It's true. Now she has bangs in one scene. And it's not so in, weird. It's, yeah. Single scene of bangs. No. I don't understand. There's no consistency. There's no continuity. It's fine. Yep. So this is also her mom calls, we establish yada yada, she's uh, out of the house, she's working, blah blah blah. She's living
3: in what she calls, Us. she gets an apartment in the numbered streets. Uh-huh. Up in the numbered streets. Are we to believe that Newport Beach has a bad neighborhood? I mean, yes. And She lives, it's just her. It's just her. It's just her in an apartment, <laughs> the one apartment. And it's super funny, because you can see... It's the only grimy... Okay, this is great. You're in Newport Beach, right? You're at the top of a hill. Uh, You're looking out over Newport Beach from the Cohen's household, the Cohen stronghold, which is on the top of the hill, right? Yeah. You're looking over the beautiful expanse Uh, infinity pools well-kept gardens topiary bushes cardboard box yeah there's a single (laughs) apartment right it's the only one with graffiti all over it (laughs) there's a cube of grey sky above it that's raining onto this apartment that's where Alex lives yes (laughs) there's a little bum like a perfect little Hollywood bum just sleeping (laughs) outside
2: um yes so, it's not going to work because she's a girl. She lives in the numbered streets. We have established all these things. Yeah. It's great.
3: So, we leave that scene.
2: Yes. So, now Sandy comes into Kirsten's office as she ends a call with a Mr. Brubacher.
3: Oh, yes. And she's like, no, my, 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 my father isn't guilty, but uh, no, I.
2: Okay, there's a, a hyperlink. In my source material that says, the writers of this show are such nerds. Would you care to read the entry for Ed Brubacher?
3: Okay, Ed Brubacher, born November 17th, 1966, is an American comic book writer, cartoonist, and screenwriter who works <laughs> primarily in the crime fiction genre. He began his career with the semi autobiographical series Low Life and a number of serials in the Dark Horse Presents anthology before achieving industry-wide acclaim with the Vertigo series, Scene of the Crime, and moving to the superhero comics such as Batman, Catwoman, The Authority, Captain America, Daredevil, and the uncanny X-Men. He's best known for his long-standing collaboration with British artist Sean Phillips, starting with their Elseworlds one-shot Batman Gotham Noir in 2001, and continuing with a number of creator-owned series such as Criminal, Incognito, Fatal, The Fade Out, and Kill or Be Killed. And then the file photo shows one Ed Brubaker or Brubacher. Uh, he's wearing a
2: um, uh, he's wearing a pork pie hat, which uh-huh. I appreciate. So between the comic book artists or styles of comic book artists that you were able to pick up on in previous episodes, and a reference to this person,
3: the writers of this show are. They really wish they had actually been hired to write comic books, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> they really wish they they had just been hired to do that instead. Yes. But here they are yes. trapped in the limbo that is the writer's room for the 2007 classic, The O.C.
2: Um. So the, in this scene, we learn that Sandy is now jobless.
3: Yep, he visits, right? She's like, oh, God, I'm so glad to see you because she's having a rough day of it. Yeah, she's trying to we we get a sense that she's been negotiating a lot of interviews with police, a lot of Mm -hmm. interviews with journalists. She's happy to see her husband, a ray of sunshine.
2: And he's like, guess what, bitch? I'm unemployed (laughs) because, again, this does not feel like anything that Sandy would actually do. He's forced to choose between representing Caleb and keeping his job. Mm
3: hmm. Well, okay, no, it does feel, and I, I understand what you're saying. I understand what you mean. Uh, Sandy's integrity is paramount. But what's the one thing that will trump that? Family. Family, yep. <laughs> he, He's not doing it for Caleb, he's doing it for Kirsten. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the only reason it tracks for me. Also, we always knew he didn't need that job. Yeah. You know, he was a public defender before. Yeah. You made literally nothing and he was fine. What else do we accomplish in this scene? I don't remember.
2: That's what we accomplished. Okay. So then we go to Summer laying on her stomach in her bedroom watching, watching the, Valley. the Valley.
3: Yeah. Her <laughs> favorite show that we know from season one. Yes. It is a religion to her.
2: Yes. Um, there's a knock on the door and she says, nobody knocks until after 9 p.m. on Thursdays.
3: Can I say really quick, just sorry to interrupt. I really love the tiny little character consistencies and callbacks to season one that we get. Yeah. Um, because at, at a later point in time, Marissa asks Ryan if he likes the Walkman. And he says.
2: I like Journey.
3: So. We've got the valley coming back. We've got a reference to journey. Anyway, I do appreciate that the writers do recall the show that they're working on
1: they, selectively.
3: Yeah. <laughs> so there's a knock on summer's door. And she's like, yeah.
2: And she's like, how did you get in here? Well, oh, who the fuck is it? Sarah? Fu- it's Seth. Of course it's goddamn Seth. This course it's fucking Seth. And this is also a fun running gag from the last episode. She's like, how did you get in here? And he says, your stepmom let me in. She seems really nice.
3: And she says, yeah, that's the clonopin." The yeah. And he said, oh, that would explain the eye twitch.
2: Still not loving the healthcare representation or the mental health representation, but I find it fun that Seth, uh, Summer's stepmother is actually just a normal person. <laughs> right? Oh, fuck. I need to take my Lexapro. Yeah. I'll do that later. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, just, I remember to do that. Lexapro gang gang. Yay. Um, so... There, I, I do also want to point out there are myriad other ways that he could have facilitated the handing off of these, the Walkman tickets instead of going into her bedroom. Yeah.
3: During the fucking Valley.
2: During the
3: Valley. He should have fucking known better. Absolutely. If he dated her for any amount of time, he should have known that until nine o'clock on a Thursday night... That is church. No knocking. You do not fucking get involved with that.
2: If this room is a rockin' with the sounds of the <laughs> seminal 2003 television show The Valley, <laughs> you don't come a knocking.
3: I also really love uh, the the. So obviously they had to they had to write and record the the sounds of The Valley. Yeah, and it sounds like like I desperately want to see. The Valley, yeah, because the Valley seems like the OC, yeah, for the
2: OC, yeah, you know. But also, there's um, dialogue beats that mirror what are going on in the OC.
3: Oh my God, you're totally right. You hear a character go,
1: "I'm pregnant." I'm pregnant.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: So he gives the tickets, and she's like, what are these for? I'm not going to a show with you, dumbass. And she punches him, and he's like, no, it's not for you and me. It's you. It's for you and Zach. I got them for you and Zach. And she's yeah. like, why? He's like, because I want you to have a good time, and I want to be your friend. And she's like, okay, friends. And we in the audience are like, no, Summer, He doesn't want to be friends. He's a piece of shit.
2: Yep. That is correct. Hold on, I lost my place. Uh vamp for a
0: second
2: we done yeah go for it okay so now we're on jimmy's boat yay now we're on jimmy's boat jimmy's boat question mark because we don't know right is he renting who knows who knows who cares? he's made a lovely breakfast for one marissa cooper she's like you finally figured out breakfast dad and she eats approximately two bites of french toast yeah yes Um, They talk about how lonely they are, respectively. Yeah. And it's kind of a very sweet conversation that I absolutely could not... Have imagined having with either of my parents When I was 17
3: No it's neat though right he's like you know what would you know about What does he ask he's like what would you know about Pain or something like that I don't know
1: And she's like well Ryan isn't talking to me And DJ also isn't talking to me And he's like who's DJ and she's like it doesn't matter
3: Well but even before that She sort of goes through like all of the melodrama yeah. Right um, you know
0: my boyfriend was living at blah blah with the person that might have had his baby and blah blah blah. And there's a won't talk to me because of DJ and blah blah blah. Yeah. Oh, and I, basically, I'm trapped as a slave in my mother's house that I don't love and blah blah blah.
2: Yeah, et cetera. Oh, this is a interesting inconsistency. Does Marissa not have her own car? Why does Julie come to pick her up? Oh. Convenient. Quite so convenient. Yeah. Plot. And she says. When Julie comes to pick her up, she's like, Back to the gulag. And Julie's like, She said that so I could hear it.
3: She knows I heard that. We play yeah. these little games.
2: Yeah. And there's, we're meant to be shipping Jimmy and Julie again. Yeah. Because they sort of bond over the stresses of parenting this nightmare teenager.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and you know, well, what? Um, they talk a little bit about their past. Um. Uh. It's a great little scene. It's a great little interaction. It makes me love Julie even more. Yeah. Um. Because, oh, uh, he says we got married because you got pregnant, and she says you married me because I got pregnant. I married you because I loved you. Yeah. And I believe that. Yeah. I do. And I also totally believe in the consistent, you know, in the world of these characters that they live in, that the stress of parenting and all that stuff uh to say nothing of you know jimmy's crimes uh literal crimes would absolutely be enough for them to sort of grow apart from each other yeah but then you know what happens sometimes regularly in the real world is people who got together sort of in their youth after a few years apart after absence makes the heart grow fonder And after they maybe grow a little bit um, as individuals, instead of within the context of them as a pair, they get back together sort of as new people, you know, who can kind of recognize how they have grown and how they might actually be ready to have a healthy relationship on equal terms. I don't know.
2: That's putting a lot more thought into it than I think the writers would have Anticipated for sure, but that's
1: what we're here for.
3: That's what we're here for. Yep,
1: that's
3: why we get paid the nothings.
1: He also, <laughs> Jimmy also, <laughs> our
2: Patreon. No, <laughs> he, uh, Jimmy also says that the woman that he married would not have accepted this shit from Caleb about being a personal assistant. Yes,
3: yes, yes, yes.
2: And then we assume something happens off camera to. Uh, put into motion the sequence of events that follows because
3: I know I love that yeah I do love that uh, she says yeah Caleb's gonna be probably appointing someone as CEO blah blah yeah uh, I say blah a lot it doesn't matter that's fine um, yeah and I do love that Jimmy's like yeah Julie Cooper would not fucking sit down and let that shit happen yeah
2: And she wouldn't. And she just had to remember that.
3: Fuck. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Remember who you are, bitch. You are Julie Cooper. Put
2: on your fucking statement necklace, bitch.
3: (laughs) You put on that sailor outfit, bitch. You're the (laughs) captain now.
2: (laughs) Okay, so now we're back at school and Lindsay, discount Lindsay Lohan is still judging Ryan and is still doing the homework for both of them and he's like what the fuck we just talked about with the teacher how we both have to do this and she's like i'm not here to make friends Ah, yes
3: she does the fucking the speech i'm not here to make friends
2: yes which originated on america's next top model there you go yes She says, I know that you can probably
0: just live in your dad's infinity pool, but I've got to make it to Yarvard, Hale, where I can be a blah, blah,
1: blah. I can be a political scientist and also a science scientist and also a model. And also I'm going to go to space and be the first redhead in space.
0: And I'm going to be the first person to colonize the moon. (laughs) And I will be a utopia of liberal democracy. And, and she, John
1: Kerry will be there. <laughs>
0: and Pete Buttigieg, even though I don't know who that is yet. <laughs> and he has not broken out again in, in a universally universal way on the political stage in the American consciousness. <laughs>
3: um, she would totally vote for Pete Buttigieg.
1: And Howard Dean. <laughs> he screamed one time, but it was fine.
3: <laughs> um, and she, uh, so she... And Ryan's like, yes, I do have an infinity pool, but he's not my dad.
2: Yes.
3: (laughs) This is where he says, I transferred in from Chino. I was just like you.
2: Yeah. And she's like, I
0: don't think you were just like me. I don't think you got beaten up by the the polo guy.
3: And Ryan's like, I've never been to a polo match in my life, bitch. And fuck yes, I actually did get my ass handed to me by the the captain of the water polo team. (laughs) I am literally just like you. You are the woman, Ryan Atwood.
2: But also he was a golden retriever.
3: He was like, yeah, and that's what he said, right? He's like, but then we got to know each other and he seemed to be a pretty chill guy or he he became a friend.
2: Yep. So they make concrete plans to meet up on the weekend, a very uh, breakfast club potential type situation and work on their joint physics project, but they're not happy about it. They are not happy
3: about it. No. They are still frenemies.
2: Yes. So now Summer and Zach are getting ready to go to see the Walkman at the bait shop. And Zach is like, where did these tickets come from? And Summer's like, you And call it
1: going. I don't know. Going. going.
3: <laughs> this is the scene, viewer, that establishes that Zach is almost certainly a CIA plant. Yes. Like, oh my God, the emotional intelligence of this fucking person. Yeah. This 40 year old person. Yes.
2: Cause Zach is like You have to figure out your stuff with Seth. Well, okay.
3: So I'm sorry. We just have to spend a little time on this. I apologize. And
2: no, don't worry about it. He's like, don't
3: you think that it's possible that he got these tickets because he wants to get back together with you? Yeah. And in any other character in this show, that would have been said in an accusatory way. Yeah. Like, But then he also asks the question, theoretically, if he is changing... If he does change and become a less selfish person
2: would you want to be with him under those circumstances
3: and she says well theoretically and that's where he says the he stands up and he says the most adult thing any character on this show has ever said and that includes literally all of the actual adults
2: the only time a teen would have ever said this in their lives is if they got a copy Of the script for this episode. (laughs) (laughs) And we're reading it out loud. As some kind of drama exercise. (laughs) Because he's like. Perhaps our time together. (laughs) We had a good time on summer right? Yeah we had a good time on break. Maybe our time together. Has run it's course. I want you to go alone to this show. And feel things out with Seth. You've got to go. right?
3: Maybe if that's all we were meant to be and it was a beautiful thing, but I need you to go take take both tickets and you need to go. And really, what does she say? He says, really, what he's like, no banter, no witty quips, really just go and talk with Seth. (laughs) He kisses her on the apple of her cheek. No human alive. No human alive. No human alive. You know, you and I are pretty fucking emotionally intelligent, but we wouldn't be able to pull that out of our ass. Absolutely a not. drop of a fucking hat. No. You can see the earpiece. His fucking handler is giving him all of this. Yes. <laughs> in the van outside. Yes. All right, Agent Six. Now, kiss around the apple of her cheek in an almost fatherly way.
1: It's a pizza
2: delivery, man.
3: <laughs> it says CIA pizza. Yes. But the, uh, the acronym is like California... Um
2: incredible. Incredible appetizer. Appetizers, appetizers pizza. <laughs> <laughs> Side note, we're starting this business now. Yes, obviously. Yes. Um so now we are at back at the Cohen's and uh we don't know is it morning? I feel like it's morning. Is time. this the champ is this champagne? Champagne. Okay. Yep. Um Sandy is popping champagne to celebrate the fact that he is fun employed. Yeah. Yes. And he's like, we can wear. No, he says that later. We can wear black socks and uh, bathrobes together. Yeah. Caleb has a real problem with the notion of black socks and bathrobes.
0: <laughs>
2: it's it's almost maybe like a reverse fetish. I don't know. Yep. A phobia.
3: Caleb says, I don't know. We don't have anything to be celebrating, Sandy. Yes. Yes like, no, it's great. Uh, And Kirsten's like, this means that he'll have a lot more time to focus on your case, dad. Yeah. So it's a good thing.
2: Yeah. And then Caleb's like, I also have something to toast. And he announces that he is stepping down as the CEO of the Newport Group. And I think this is when, Ju- is Julie been here the whole time? Yes, or Julie she come has been in? here the whole time. Okay. And she's
3: like, don't you have an, an addition to that, Cal? Yeah. And Cal's like, uh, no, if I have too much champagne, I get giggly. <laughs> <laughs> and Kirsten's like, in no fucking world do you ever get giggly. What are you two talking about? <laughs> and what is he talking
2: about, Sarah? Julie is the new CEO of the Newport group. Julie Cooper. Julie fucking Cooper.
3: Is the new CEO of the Newport group. Julie Queen Cooper. What I really love about this scene is it shows the incredible uh, access to and control over the face muscles. Who plays Kirsten? Nope. It doesn't matter. The actor who plays Kirsten. So she has a big smile on her face at first because she thinks Caleb stepping down necessitates she is the new CEO. Mm-hmm. She's beaming because she says, Oh, dad. And then Julie's like, no, fuck you, cunt, I'm the CEO. And it takes her, we should go back and count. Yeah. Because the amount of time that it takes that smile to just droop and fade. It's like a it's like a perfect editing transition to just a realization of horror yeah that not only has this ring been snatched away from her this thing that she's maybe wanted for we don't know how long yeah and now put into the hands of really what could be a true nemesis maybe i don't know they're sort of friends but it doesn't matter julie cooper the person the last person in the world she wants to be her boss they're frenemies yes frenemies yes um it takes her a full, like, 10 seconds of screen time. It's incredible to watch. Yeah. That's where that scene ends.
2: Not quite. Kirsten is devastated. Julie and Caleb oh. exit the scene and...
3: No, 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 no. I think it ends where she says, would anyone like some more champagne? Or who needs oh, more champagne? Yeah. That is where that scene ends.
2: But also... um. Sandy says that you had better fucking make this up to Kirsten. That's later. Okay.
3: But yeah that he does say that. Okay.
2: Yeah, We'll consolidate those two again. Okay. Okay. Um, you better fucking make it up to Kirsten or you're gonna have to find yourself a new lawyer. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So now we're back at the bait shop during the concert of the Walkman.
3: Everyone is tiny babies.
2: Everyone is tiny babies. Hamilton, Leithauser, Le- Leithauser, Lethal... Late Leithauser. Leithauser? Le- Lederhosen <laughs> has fully two elementary school-age children now. I saw them with him on a over-under on Pitchfork. Nice. Yes. Um, and I believe, I don't know for sure, and I refuse to do any research, but my memory of this specific song, I think they're doing live singing.
3: I don't think that's possible. Why? Um because I don't think the audio matches up.
2: It's possible that they recorded the track like a live rendition of the track and then just played it back. Is that a possibility? Cuz it doesn't I, sound like I remember it right on oh, the Oh sure. Yeah, no, I, they would certainly it
3: would make sense if they recorded a version for the show. Yeah. I think that would be okay, but they certainly didn't record it live the way that you're that you're thinking like in the in the shot. But it's yeah. fine, it doesn't matter.
2: So we're also going to assume that Seth gave his or summer gave her spare ticket to ryan um
3: marissa
2: wait no you're right how did ryan get the fuck in there ryan gets in there somehow and gives seth a soda well he is very he's not checking ids he's not he's stamping people's hands kind of
3: yes sort of (laughs) He's a shitty worker is what we're saying. I believe in workers' rights and I think that he should be fired immediately.
2: <laughs> um. So Summer comes in with, oh, there's a bit of banter back and forth between Summer and Ryan, or Summer and Ryan, um, Seth and Ryan. Seth's like, do you think she's gonna show up? And Ryan's like, I don't know. Maybe she won't. And then she shows up in Bang's and a tank top.
3: There were not bangs. So she was putting on that tank top in the scene with Zach where there yeah. were no bangs. Yeah. And then suddenly she arrives and there are inexplicable bangs. Yep. What the fuck?
2: Mystery of bangs.
3: How do we think she looks in bangs?
2: Rachel Bilson, if you're listening to this episode, DM us. Please tell, tell, us, tell us what us happened.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Please tell us about the decision for the bangs. I would love to know from you personally.
2: Um, It's, it's a very... It's not Jane Curtin... There is Jane Bergen, I think that's her name. Someone is yelling at me somewhere while I'm saying this. There is a French Birkin. Jane Birkin. French actress, 60s, famous for bangs. She's kind of giving Jane Birkin, but in a 2000s way.
3: She's so small. Do we feel, in my opinion, because her hair is also big, they've given her big waves. Yeah. Big beachy waves and big poofy bangs. I feel like they sort of dwarf her face. I think her face is made very, very small.
2: Well, that was probably intentional because let's remember, this was the 2003s where every actress... Was considered fat, whether or not she was a size two.
3: Oh, I suppose, yeah.
1: And what do drag queens do to minimize their facial features? They have huge hair. So someone probably fucking told her, oh, your baby fat is still on your face. Let's Uh, Oh, you've got that
0: buckle fat that we don't know we need to get rid of yet because it's not 2020.
1: (laughs) We'll just hide
0: all that with huge hair Mm -hmm. and
1: bangs. We'll give you this wig, honey.
3: Maybe she had like a big zit or something.
1: I don't know. I don't know
3: either. It doesn't matter. doesn't matter. So yeah, she comes in. Yeah, Seth is just like, you think she's going to show up? You think she's going to show up? Oh, there she is. Yep. Ryan disappears. She's wearing
2: like this um, tank top that I swear to God is made out of the curtains from uh, Sound of Music, (laughs) but slutty. But in a, a power of, whenever we say slutty on this podcast, it is a positive way. Yes, it's always a positive way. Yes. Sluts rule.
3: So um Seth is like, let me show you to your, oh no, he's like, Zach couldn't make it. And she's like, yeah, no, he had a thing. Yep. He's like, and then Seth, Seth's like, oh no, that's terrible. Yeah. His fucking boner showing through his fucking jeans. Uh-huh,
2: his chinos.
3: And uh, he's like, well, let me show you to your very VIP seating.
2: Which is somehow possible in a sold-out show? Yeah, yeah right. That That's the other thing. <laughs> That's
3: the
0: other fucking thing. It was sold the fuck out. How does how is Ryan
2: there? Ryan is like Batman. He is wherever he needs to be. We're also
3: led to believe. So we are. Le- I'm pretty sure we're led to believe that because later we see Marissa is right outside of the venue, mm-hmm. and she said, "I'm here to support Summer. I'm Team Summer." Uh-huh. And Ryan is, uh, dur- during that conversation, he's like, well, you know, do you want to go into the show? Um, so, yeah, this fucking sold-out show apparently uh-huh. has plenty of room for any motherfucker who just wants to
2: wander in. If we're going to be really generous when she said I'm just here to support Summer means she got a ticket but she did not physically go inside because she doesn't care about the Walkman because she's a punk girl. How did
3: she get a ticket to a sold out show, Sarah? Did she also get a job
2: there? Off camera, Evan. Before before
3: they sold out? Yeah. yeah. So wait, no, sorry. In this world, <laughs> Marissa got a ticket to a show before her friend Summer got a ticket to that show by getting one from Seth.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
3: No, your you pla- your no. It's a bad idea. It's a bad idea that you have. It doesn't make any sense. Whatever the show you. doesn't make any sense, though, <laughs> is Sarah. So you may as well be a writer for the goddamn show for as much sense as it makes.
2: I mean, I'm getting as bad as much residuals as the current writers <laughs> would be right now, given the strike. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyway, keep going. Okay. So, um, I think we see Seth throwing the hand stamper. To someone off camera someone else and he just like scoots
3: guess i'm not working anymore <laughs> even though that's what i'm ostensibly getting paid to do uh-huh. fuck
2: you seth and this is where we go to marissa sitting outside in a tank top and looking very cold and uh ryan comes out and we, they have that whole conversation about do you like what well, the walkman i like journey
3: yeah <laughs> Oh, but yeah. Then he's also like, I- "I'm here for Seth." Yeah. She's like, "I'm here for Summer." And this is where they have the very subtly written yeah. dialogue. That again, so subtle. He's like, "Star-crossed lovers, Seth and Summer," uh, and she's like, "Or are there? Are they destined to never be together? Because it's just too complicated when they are." And then he's like. For, fortune and fame for those the same. And she's like, "Quoth the raven, nevermore. Never <laughs> <laughs> it's all so fucking poetic. And it's like, no one talks like
2: this, especially not stupid, horny teenagers. And then she's like, just a small town girl.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> and then they agree to go inside to watch this sold out band. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, fucking Jesus. Fucking. Just the idea of getting a concert ticket and spending half of it outside the venue makes me itch.
3: Well, I mean, you know, um, Marissa's just really up in her feels right now.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
3: So we go inside. Uh, and she had to
2: listen to the Cramps instead.
3: Seth is annoying Summer. She's just trying to watch the band and he's like, "How about these seats? Huh? Is it a good seat? Is it a b- disruptive view?" Can you
1: see cuz I know you're real short and small. Cuz
2: sometimes I I don't know why. I'm yaka yaka yaka. Yes.
3: And she's like, "Yeah, the seats are good. Except I'm having a hard time hearing." <laughs> AKA shut the fuck up. Yep. And then she is also like, "Thanks for getting the seats." this is where the song
2: that they're playing in this the walk the walksmen are playing in this scene is called what's in it for me Uh oh
3: Could keep going. But We're I'm getting not going you a to.
2: goddamn podcasting <laughs> microphone <laughs> because the noise that you just made with that, we will lose five subscribers. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even care about. I'm very, um, th- very thrilled at your lung capacity. I care about the microphone noise. I know when it was clicking against the table. I know, I know. It's okay. I'm sorry. You're worse than Mike Mitchell, Evan. Wah, wah. So Alex comes in while they are talking about how Summer can't hear and is like. Somebody
3: just puked all over one of the monitors. Can you clean that up? And then she leaves. And this is where Summer is like,
2: what did that?
0: Why did that alternative tattooed rockabilly (laughs) punk goth hot girl with eyeliner and a pompadour and an alopecia ponytail? (laughs) And a jean skirt. And layered v-neck on top of a t-shirt and ripped fishnets and a
2: cute girl coming to talk to you about that (laughs) Seth and this is where he explains that he got the job so he could get the tickets for her And she thinks that's sweet, and they're having a moment, and Seth promptly fucking ruins it. God,
3: he fucking shits all over this goddamn fucking moment.
2: I do also want to point out that, again, in my youth, I didn't want to pay the coat check fee for a place that I was at, so I stuffed my coat behind a riser, and someone did puke on it. Yeah. He at no point in this scene because he kisses her and she freaks out and she leaves and he runs out after her. The puke is not cleaned up. He, he would be fired. He sucks so bad. He sucks so bad. He does nothing for his stupid job.
3: And also, shame on Alex for thinking that he got what he wanted. He said he wanted this job for tickets. Yep. Then you gave him tickets. Why do you think he would come back to this job? He obviously doesn't need it. Fuck you. And fuck Nat also from yes. 90210. <laughs> so yeah, she runs out. He very awkwardly follows. And she, he catches her outside. And
2: she's like, this, is, this was not, if you want to be my friend, you can't kiss me. Maybe we have no relationship at all. Yeah,
3: she's like, "Do you want to be my friend?" And he's like, "Yeah, uh, yeah." And she's like, "Do you want to be more than my friend?" And he's like, eh, eh, eh. "He's like only if you me. want to." Yeah. What a piece of shit! Fucking Seth! Fucking I hate him! Seth! I hope he breaks all of his toes in a skateboarding accident. <laughs> they never heal properly, and his
0: they hurt when it gangrene. rains. Yes,
3: and they hurt when it rains. <laughs>
2: so that's the end of that scene the next morning we're at the pool house and seth is like, like i didn't get any sleep because i was thinking about summer the Remember whole night up instead summer. of doing my job
3: doing this- oh, he doesn't mention the job he doesn't yeah. give a shit about that that's the last thing on his mind yep the only thing on his mind is him In his own stupid little fucking problems. Yeah. And Ryan even mentions that. Ryan's like, "Uh, this sure doesn't seem very Seth 2.0. And he's like, it's not Seth 2.0. Fuck that guy. I'm normal Seth again. I'm back to being me. So you should listen to me for the next few hours as I talk about myself and as I complain to you. Because that's my favorite fucking thing to do. (laughs) and I'm not a real friend and I've basically never been a real friend and I just keep treating you like you're essentially a handbag that just gives me social cachet a among my peers. A handbag. Yeah, a therapeutic yep. puppy handbag yep. of a dog that just listens to me and you, little waggle tail yep. and I pet you but I only really, but I just want to talk to you and you just listen to me.
2: I will say his bedhead is great in this scene. It is very good. The um, hair people did a remarkable job.
3: Whatever product they used. It was very good.
2: And again, Ryan is just settled in who Seth is. <laughs> and uh, this is another little meta thing. He's like, this is the point where I would listen to you talk for several hours, but I actually have to go do physics homework. So can we table this and I'll come back later? <laughs>
3: <laughs> and Seth so is like, no, physics are dumb. Listen to me. You're a nerd. <laughs> You're a nerd now. Listen to my problems. Yep. And Ryan... <laughs> Just par for the course. He's like, "See you later." Yeah, <laughs> he leaves.
2: So uh, it, again, we stand Ryan. Yeah, because Ryan knows Ryan's boundaries.
3: Yeah, and he also recognizes that Seth is who Seth is going to be. Mm-hmm. Seth is just going to Seth.
2: He's got to he, let him Seth. And he loves him anyway.
3: He loves him anyway, yeah. like a brother.
2: Like a brother. Like
3: a brother. Uh-huh.
2: Um, Kirsten is also uh, marginally in the scene because she's like, "I'm not fucking going back to work." He, I think. Ryan goes through the main house or Seth goes through the main house and Kirsten is like, I'm not fucking going back to work if Julie fucking Cooper is my boss. I'm just going to swan around in my black socks. and." <laughs>
3: yeah, this is where, yeah, this is where Sandy and her are like, yeah, well, I guess we're both going to be unemployed. That'll be sort of fun. Yep. And she's like, you know me, I can't be unemployed. I, I, I don't even like taking
2: vacation. Employment ganda.
3: I really love how they don't talk about like if you're not employed you won't earn money that's not important that's
2: not a thing they're rich they're fine yeah the only other the only thing that unemployment would be bad for is she would get bored nothing bad has ever happened to them and nothing bad ever will happen to them (laughs) exactly yes
3: but yeah then Sandy who is dadding uh, pretty good here he says you know this is all very true uh, but I also know I'm not the person you should be telling this to
2: it's Caleb it's should Caleb should telling it to Caleb.
3: Reader, it was Caleb.
2: And or a therapist.
3: Yeah, it should really be a fucking therapist. Yeah. Where do we go from here?
2: We go to Seth going to Marissa's house. To fucking
3: I love this scene because she's laying on her
2: bed. With the Care Bear. With the Care Bear. The Care Bear from... That's a callback to at least one episode in season one. Yeah. Yes.
3: Did she get the Care Bear...
2: Oh, when they painted, uh, I think she's just kind of always had it, Yeah, but it became like forefront when they painted the god-awful Paris yes. wall.
3: Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> so she's there and Seth comes in and she, I love every time Seth enters a room in this episode, the first thing the person goes is, how the fuck did you get in here? <laughs> now, uh, curiously, when Seth went into Summer's house, he explains that her mom let him in. Here, he says, oh, you know, I clambered up the portcullis and I went through the...
2: The parapets. Right, etc It's a joke about how huge the house is. But he doesn't actually say how the fuck he got in. Like... You don't well, need to know. Whatever. So, I love this. He shapeshifted.
3: <laughs> yeah, he just slinked in through the HVAC system. <laughs> so... <laughs> He sits down, and I love that he literally did just want to keep talking to someone about his problems, <laughs> and because Ryan left, he needed to find the last person on Earth that might listen to his ass. Probably because he didn't want to take the Range Rover to Portland to talk to fucking Luke about it. <laughs> but if Marissa would have been busy, that is my guess of where he would have gone next. And, that and if Luke was busy, he would have gone to Chino to talk to Teresa about it. <laughs>
2: He would have fucking held the baby while talking to her, totally oblivious to the fact that he was coddling Ryan's child. The baby's not born yet, so he would have gone with her to like an ultrasound. Or <laughs> yes, so oh my
3: god, she's laying down, she's getting ultrasounded, and he's just sitting next to her, like, I don't know, man, I think I really fucked you up with Summer this time. <laughs>
2: But it does make sense that ultimately that Marissa is the person who he goes to because the show has decided that Marissa and Summer are in each other's lives again. Yeah. So she knows. Conveniently. Yeah. So she knows that already that he fucked it up real bad with Summer. So.
3: And she says, uh, if you really want to be friends with her, maybe what you should do is apologize.
2: apologize. And I feel, no he didn't it doesn't make sense it It doesn't make sense but that sets up the next scene
3: because they conveniently tell each other uh he's like hey do you know where summer is and she says oh yeah (laughs) she's at the club getting lunch with her dad yes and she fails quite quite conveniently to mention that there is a third person there Uh and she asks oh hey do you know where riot is and seth uh says yeah he's a nerd now so he's studying at school yeah and he doesn't know with whom he is studying so he is not conveniently forgetting that
2: it's a girl i do also want to point out that ryan's whole deal from the jump was he was too smart for his environment that's a whole reason that sandy was like you could be something
0: kid. you're a good kid you're a smart kid
2: You gotta, what was the thing? You gotta have a plan. You gotta have a plan. (laughs) So none of this calling him a dork all of a sudden makes sense. Yeah. It's fine. I hate it.
3: He's not punching people.
2: He's not, well. Don't you? Nothing. Has he punched anyone in this season yet? No. No, there you go. We're only three episodes in. That's true. So who knows what could happen?
3: I hope he just punches Lindsay at one point. (laughs) So yeah, they give each other the lowdown, and oh, 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 Marissa does know that she's not alone at dinner with her with her father, but she, because this fucking show, she doesn't just say, "She's with Zach, you idiot." She says, "Maybe you shouldn't go. Maybe you should just leave her alone to have lunch with her dad."
1: Well,
2: okay, here's the thing. I'm gonna give this specific structure maybe a little leniency because I feel like she could have decided in the moment that she's choosing Zach and Marissa maybe was not made aware of that fact Mm -hmm. I think maybe we're going off the fact that Marissa knows that Summer's dad fucking hates Seth
3: yeah yeah okay that's fine we, uh, yeah it's a little bit of a stretch but sure. it's a
2: surprise look I, I it's fine
3: we have to look yeah we have to try <laughs> and give this show some credit or we're not going to be able to fucking watch the rest of it <laughs> okay I'm uh, laughing so i believe I'm... we cut to kirsten at the pool
2: um yes. yes kirsten is at the pool and caleb comes over and offers her the cfo of the new pro group position, and he's like, "Well, we know that every everybody the person who controls the money controls everything. and she's like, "Does Julie know that?" And he's like, "She'll learn so
3: it's so noncommittal.
2: Uh-huh I
3: just normally I'm team Caleb, but this mm-hmm. is just stupid. Uh-huh. but it's fine. also, i'm still I'm absolutely here for Julie and her CEO era. I cannot wait to see the power suits that she fucking wears." When she is at like boardroom meetings. Oh, the statement necklaces. Oh, they're. Oh, be the incredible. mind All oh, the statements they will make.
2: Oh, maybe there will be like a fascinator.
3: Oh, <gasps> who knows? Who knows? I wait with bated breath.
2: A low slung skirt right. with like a belt and yes. a gun and a gun. <laughs>
3: Kirsten is not stoked about this, but it seems like this is the reality she's living in, so she's going to have to make her peace with it if she wants to be part of the Newport group.
2: She does push him for a raise. Yeah,
3: she's like, do I get a raise? And he has a wry little smile that's like, ah, Kiki. Ah, Kiki. You're still on my team.
2: Kiki and Juju. God... (laughs) So now um, we get the two, this is how we close out the episode, right? Yeah. We Um,
3: look at Marissa and we look at Seth as they both go to the places where they should not the fuck go.
2: Yes. Um, uh, Discount Lizzie Lowen and Ryan are kind of thawing out towards each other and having a little bit of fun with each other while they are... Doing their physics homework. They're looking
3: over each other's work. And we learned that Lindsay is A, very smart, and also very fast at doing homework. Ryan is still very smart, but he's slower to do his homework. And he's
2: like, this looks a little rushed. Yeah. (laughs) And then they start kind of flirting a little bit. Uh Uh-huh. And then Marissa comes around the corner, and being friendly... Ryan being friendly with another girl Mm. is the worst possible thing in every parallel universe and this universe. (laughs) So she's like, and she leaves.
3: She gets a little storm cloud over her head. Uh A little rain cloud appears. A little bottle of vodka
2: (laughs) out of nowhere.
3: (laughs) And Seth, for his part of this little music montage, rolls up to the club and uh, he's got a little dumb black tie on and he looks like an idiot and he looks like a fucking mormon and he rolls up and he's like uh, uh robert's table for two and the hostess is like well we have a robert's table for three and he's like that's even better what did you think seth they were holding a, ru- a fucking chair for your ass
2: yes fucking that is idiot? what he thought that is what he thought that's funny
3: what he fucking thought because he's so self-absorbed yep and he walks up, and from a distance, of course, he spots who is at the goddamn table just hamming it up with Summer's dad, who is, like, all up on's. Yes. And who it's, is it? it's Zach. Say the name.
2: It's Zach. Say his
3: name. Say his name. It's Zach, everybody. She's dancing. Sarah's doing a little dance.
2: And also, he the part where uh, Seth takes his leave is where he sees Summer very
1: deliberate. No! Zach puts his hand on
3: I can tell you exactly Summer. what happens. Okay. So it's all body language. Yep. First off, everyone's having a great time. Summer is smiling. Zach Everyone is, is smiling. leaning
2: into everybody else. It's
3: very leaning in. Mm-hmm. Um, Zach, uh, Summer's dad has his left hand uh, on the back of Zach's chair. So they're leaning in. He's engaged. Summer puts her right hand on Zach's left wrist. Yes. Yes. All
2: I remember is a pink bracelet. Yeah, and she's
3: got a cute little pink bracelet on. Yes. That's like, it's weirdly positioned, though. It's like on her
2: forearm. Uh-huh. or Whatever, it doesn't matter. It was 2003. Forearm bracelets was the thing. Again, someone probably told her that her wrist was too fat for a full bracelet. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. They're like... Oh, this child's bracelet doesn't fit you. (laughs) We'll just put it here.
3: We'll just put it on your enormous whale arm, you fucking manatee. (laughs) Rachel Bilson, please come on our fucking show and tell us what life was like working on this show. I desperately want to know about some of the wardrobe choices that they made for you. Yes. Anyway, so Seth is obviously crushed. He gets his own little storm cloud. And then this is where we're like, how does this school district have three fucking schools But when he walks outside of the place, Marissa is there. (laughs) Like, is the school directly next to the club? Like, what is the layout of fucking Newport Beach?
2: (laughs) It's like Water Street. So yeah. All Jeez. the clubs, all the underage bars. And also the school district. And school district. Is all on the same block. And, one restaurant. <laughs> and the one restaurant. The only restaurant that anybody ever goes to.
3: Yeah, 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 yeah. And then um, slightly off frame is the is the the the, school, the music venue. Uh-huh. The the fish pot or whatever the
2: fuck. So the bait shop
3: thank you seth sits down next to marissa
2: i do appreciate real quick i do appreciate that previously they all gathered at the crab shack which is not its name but it was off the water seafood yada yada yeah and the bait shop is clearly in keeping with that theme that's true yes that's
3: true seth sits next to marissa and is like boy i'll tell you if last year someone would have told me that you and I would be the loneliest two people in Newport, I wouldn't have believed them. And I was about to pause it (laughs) and fucking call him out, but then he he called himself As if hearing that Evan was about to pause it, he was like, well, maybe the you part.
2: (laughs) And that's where we end. On that. The piano music. Ooh, this is the first time you've attempted that. Yeah. Um, okay, real quick, because we gotta get ready for our second spoopy season party. Yep. Uh, because we're very popular. We're so popular, you guys. So popular. So popular. Um, episode hero. Fuck. Do you want me to go first? Yes. Julie Cooper.
3: I was gonna potentially say Julie Cooper.
2: Julie Cooper is Julie Coopering to the full extent of Julie Cooper.
3: I'm gonna say Zach. Zach. Okay, because he's the most emotionally mature person he's in really this entire He's really good at hiding his
2: CIA job.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna say Zach just because, to my knowledge, he has yet to have sex with a minor. So
1: yeah.
3: Although I guess so, Luke wasn't a minor. They made it pl- abundantly clear he was not a minor.
2: So in the cadence and nomenclature and what have you of this show, in two weeks he will be a physical abuser
3: oh <laughs> yeah right yeah.
2: yes no exactly yep.
3: yeah yeah because he's perfect now yep so he's gonna have to do something that makes us hate him yep and it's gonna be completely out of character yep and not in any way keeping with the person that we. he's a in- Nazi <laughs> <laughs> oh dude wait you guys didn't know that my dad is actually a governor for the Nazi party of America <laughs> yeah no I forgot to tell you that
2: I have this 14 tattooed on me oh my god <laughs>
3: <laughs> the reason I, oh yeah, I like Captain America comics, but I root for, I root for, um, not Leviathan. What's the name of the bad organization?
2: I don't remember.
3: Octopus? Sure. Kraken? What the fuck is it called? Cra- cra- Cracktopus. It, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Hydra! <laughs> Hydra! Okay. Anyway.
2: Hydra's just really misunderstood, you guys. <laughs> uh Episode Villain. It's so obvious to say Seth, but it's Seth. Seth is
3: mine. Yeah. Yeah. No, Seth is mine. Yeah. He's a schmuck the entire fucking time.
2: The entire fucking time. Uh, Every episode that Seth is a villain, we're like maybe this will lead to personal growth and it never, it does. never does it never does never does
3: every now and then so there were episodes last season where he surprised us yeah, and we are like wow that's really out of character for Seth he actually did something selfless to be selfless like not to get something for himself yeah. not to get praise or laudits or whatever
2: it's almost like people are human and not good or bad wow wow it's
3: almost like people contain multitudes yeah wow
2: yeah. wow
3: yeah. wow <laughs> But yeah, he's absolutely de facto the fucking villain of this episode. Uh-huh. Again, I hope his elbows fall off in the middle of the night. <laughs> and no amount of reconstructive surgery can put them on.
4: How is it just the elbows?
0: <laughs> They're connected to so many other elbows. <laughs>
3: Oh shit! Oh, we have fun. Episode g- episode goddamn! Th- how many times was I like? This is only episode three. How is this much happening? But again, hey, uh, the last season, the first few episodes, I was like, how are they doing this in uh-huh. episode whatever the number is? Mm-hmm. I'm very excited to see what happens next. I'm excited to see. Uh, the development with this new Lindsay character. Uh, I would love to have a small betting pool. And if we ever see Mr. Greenberg ever again, um, what like we have a joint checking account. Joint it's, check- uh, it's utterly yeah. meaningless. Five bucks. Uh, sure. I say we're never going to see him again. Do you think
2: we'll see him again? I think we will see him exactly once and it will be within the next two or three episodes. All right. I think he's never going to show up. We'll see if he comes back. Uh readers,
3: um, place your bets now. Uh the next episode will be dropping in about two weeks. Uh-huh. Right?
2: And then we go on vacation.
3: <gasps> For yeah. We're taking the train ch- choo- to visit choo. family. Choo-choo, motherfuckers.
2: Choo-choo, Evan. Choo-choo, Sarah.
3: <laughs> you just listened to Aren't You Glad We Watched The OC. The show about watching and talking about the OC. Recorded in Guest Bedroom Studios. Hosted by Sarah and Evan. Original concept and discussion questions by Sarah. Audio recording and engineering and editing by Evan. Please give this podcast as many stars or thumbs up as the platform you're listening to it on will allow you to give us. Copyright 2023.